Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke it if you've got it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Bo Maddox. And this is Collateral Gaming, the anniversary special. Woo! Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Thank you once again, Bo, for joining me on our anniversary special. Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, uh, how, how many years has this podcast been running so far? So we are on season five, so I guess that would mean four years. Since Excellent, man. I remember four years ago when we initially discussed uh, the whole uh, concept of doing a gaming podcast, you know? Like, I kind of uh, set you and Dakota kind of on the path there. I remember that very well. And yeah. Honestly, I'm happy to be here to kind of celebrate that a little bit, you know? Well, and, I mean, and, well, Bo isn't technically a full-time member of Collateral Gaming. He's been You've been here since the beginning of the podcast. I mean, you were uh, originally mastering the episodes while we were recording them. You and Robert even kind of were, were a little bit of a part of it. We gave you guys mics, and you guys could just chill and make comments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. Back in the day, yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- those were good times, man. I kind of miss those days. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, even especially more so recently, um, you've been all I have, you know, whenever we're playing something that maybe my co-hosts aren't as interested in or maybe they're just busy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Bose is as much a part of uh, collateral gaming as uh, almost anyone is that's been on this podcast. Yeah. But- and, and especially on an episode like this where there's a lot of, you know, retro content, you know, I mean. As your listeners probably remember, I am very much a retro gamer. You know, that's my whole thing. I do like some of the current generation, like some of the indie horror games are actually pretty solid. But um, yeah, I mean, an episode like this where we're talking about, you know, just the overall genre of arcade fighting games is something that goes really, really just far back with me, man. I mean, all the way back to like stuff like Pit Fighter and... You know, and one of the uh, one of the uh, series we're going to talk about, Street Fighter, among others. But yeah, and and in fact, you were a part of you and Robert were both a part of our arcade game mega review we did back a, a few seasons ago. Oh yes, on uh, light gun shooters, and I want to say that was like season two. So yeah, that that was that was pretty early on. Oh, that was a lot of fun, man! Like we we went to the same arcade that we did this time around and it has like so many so many like games i almost feel like it's a little overrepresented in the uh 
in that particular arcade to tell the truth. But um, like, I, I feel like they could have had room for ski ball, maybe. Yeah, I, I yeah. miss I miss ski ball. I love ski ball, man. Ski ball is is the best. <laughs> yeah, there there wasn't a whole lot of variety, but what was cool with the um with the fighting games is that they were all kind of on these multi game systems. Yeah, and that's something that uh, SNK kind of more or less pioneered with their Neo Geo uh, systems. You know, one of which we actually played on, which is a little janky because of the. I mean, the, what you have to know about the the SNK architecture is that it used these ginormous cartridge. Basically, it was like an oversized console, basically. And you and the, and the idea was that you can like take multiple cartridges, and you could kind of uh, have like up to like five or six or even like seven games on one cabinet, you know, and that and you can uh, change between them. And uh, typically, a lot of the games that were on these uh, early SNK machines, they were uh, fighters. You know, and, and some of them even had like Capcom fighters, you know, like uh, like like, for instance, you know, Street Fighter and whatnot. So, yeah. And the machines that we played with, I mean, were all seemingly designed with fighting games in mind. I mean, they had one joystick and six buttons. That's that's your pretty standard fighter yeah. control scheme. I, unless we're talking about the SNK control scheme, which is a lot different. It's it's a completely different button layout. Yeah. But I mean, at least the ones that we worked with. But yeah, I mean, and and what's actually also interesting about this arcade that we went to, Diversions, is I was talking to my mom about it. She used to go to that game, that arcade as a uh, as a kid. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, yeah, straight up. And she lived over by like Universal City. This is over on San Pedro. Okay, so yeah, it's like a hop and a skip away. Pretty much so, the yeah. closest arcade, and you know, and yeah. as well as the closest mall nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North Star and Mall is in that particular area right um yeah it's a really good arcade with a lot of history behind it and you, you kind of feel it every time you walk in man i mean it's just got yeah they just have a wall of uh, galaga and pac-man machines you know like and of course they had all the skill games you know which i wasted a few tokens on i mean i was trying to get that nintendo <laughs> switch oled man we had so many tokens that it was fine i mean like like we we got the what you you got twenty bucks and got like a hundred tokens or something? Yeah, that that's actually a bargain. Honestly, yeah. it, it actually pays to just go ahead and spend twenty dollars to play a bunch of games. And we stayed there for like what, almost two hours? Yeah, we had a lot of tokens to burn. And what's funny is looking back on it now, is like I don't think that there were that many fighting games that we that we were able to check out, but. Um, it, it still was just a whole vibe. I enjoyed it. And so so we have a lot of fighting games that we played while we were there. And then we also have some that we've just kind of played on, like your PlayStation Classic. Yeah. Th there's a one series that I'm a little disappointed that they didn't have at least one machine there. I mean, I don't know if these machines are starting to get rare or not, but they didn't have a Tekken or Tekken 2 machine there. And that really bummed me out because... Yeah. Tekken 2 is a fantastic arcade game, you know? It's like the, the and also a Soul Calibur machine would have been great, honestly, because but those are both like awesome, awesome fight 3D fighting games that were, you know, like the best of their like particular generation. Like I remember playing Tekken 2 on uh, PlayStation 1 back in the day and for me and my friends like that was just that and another uh, one we're going to get to at the uh, end of this, uh, it, they were just like the premier fighting game to play on uh, PlayStation, you know, and and, you know, but it was also like the best 3D fighter to play in um, 
in the arcade as well. So I, I was really disappointed they didn't have that. Also, I'm going to yeah. bring up another little honorable mention here. I'm kind of sad that they didn't have a Primal Rage machine there. Like, we should have played a little bit of Primal Rage on my PS Classic. I mean, admittedly, we did kind of uh, play a lot of the game, these games on my PS Classic because I do have, like, either PlayStation ports or MAME ROMs of them. Yeah, yeah, we played a lot of those. And, in fact, we even have some on the list that um, I have a, an arcade cabinet at home that I built. Uh, f- that actually has uh, three Street Fighter Two games yeah, sh- on it. Sh- shout out to Arcade One Up. Yeah, Arcade One Up. My ex-wife got it for me a few Christmases ago, and I finally put it together. And so uh, we got to have kind of the arcade experience with that. And I also bought the the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection on Switch, yeah. which which has a lot of the uh, well, well, pretty pretty much everything from the the classic like street fighter arcade games and we'll, we'll get into that here in a second in fact i think that's that's pretty much a good segue into the, the street fighter series oh yes definitely but before we get into that yeah i'm sad they didn't have a primal rage machine because primal rage is another uh classic uh, fighting game that i really enjoyed back in the day you know like like it had these kind of pre-rendered uh claymation style uh or, or stop motion stop motion animation style uh characters to them and they had like fatalities, and it was all like prehistoric. They were all dinosaurs and everything. Dude, so that's fucking fucking badass. It's a badass fighting game, and it, I I'm gonna just go ahead and recommend that right off the bat. Like if you can find a machine, play it in the arcade, or if you can get a main ROM to work. Uh, admittedly, the the main ROMs that I've found of Primal Rage, they're usually really janky. Like especially if you try to use it with the main cores on the RetroArch. So, you know, proceed with caution there. But yeah, and, and if you can find a rare prototype machine to play uh, the sequel, check it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. All righty. Well, yeah, yeah. With those honorable mentions out of the way, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the Street Fighter series. So uh, I'm going to start with the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection because it's kind of a good opportunity to go over all of the classic Street Fighter games because... Um, and several of which we, we did end up playing. Um, but uh, the, the 30th anniversary collection actually includes everything from uh, Street Fighter 1 to the Street Fighter 2 series, all up until Street, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, uh, the Street Fighter Alpha series, uh, 1, 2, and 3, and then the uh, Street Fighter 3 series up to Third Strike. Man, and I got to tell you, it is great that these games are being released in a, uh, a package like this or a collection like this because, you know, it, it's, it's a real win for game preservation, you know, because yeah, these, are very, totally. these are very important games that need to be passed down to the next generation. You know, like especially, you know, like, like Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting and whatnot, you know. I mean, but to to have all of everything Street Fighter, like thirty years of Street Fighter on one collection, I love those types of collections. I I always have, you know. Yeah, no, but, it's a good collection, and what's cool is, um, these games are emulated fairly accurately to their original, you know, uh, revisions, because I mean that's really all they are. In fact, part of me wonders why so many of these games are even packaged together, because it's like. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, okay, is like the definitive version of Super Street or, or of, of Street Fighter 2, right? Right. Like, because you start with like the original game, and then you have what Champion Edition, which brought the brought which brought the the, the non playable boss characters as yeah. playable characters and introduced mirror matches. You have uh, uh, 
the uh, hyper fighting, which sped everything up. You have, uh, and I think introduced some characters, either that or uh, the new, or no, the new challengers introduced new characters. So that was Super Street Fighter, the new challengers. That's one of the ones that I, that's actually on my arcade cabinet as well, along with Champion Edition. Yeah. That is, as far as I hear, uh, and I've played some of it, that, that redrew everything. Like it received a complete graphical and audio overhaul, added like four new playable characters or something. Oh, that's awesome. And it, it's good that they're actually adding content to it all these years later. But know? slowed it back down to the way it was before hyper fighting, right? Oh, yeah. So then Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo brought back the, the fast paced. Uh, action from hyper fighting and combined it with uh, everything that that Super Street Fighter Two, the new challengers had to offer. So, you know, it's just kind of like like Super Street Fighter Two, and, and in each case, they're also like rebalancing characters, changing some of the special moves, adding special moves. So it's like there's really no reason to go back and play any of the other Street Fighter Two games. Well, here's <laughs> here's the thing about it: it's really a matter of preference. All the old school street street fighter people, yeah, I mean, hyper fighting is the preferred route, but you know, there, there's just uh, you know certain little nuances between the different uh, versions that you know some people might gravitate towards. You know, like I mean, it's well, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of hard to describe. I mean, some some people may not like the hyper fighting. They they might they might throw their timing off. You know, like maybe they're just really really used to the timing of the original. They really mastered that. You know, and I was gonna say that. You know, yeah, I mean. There's a lot of reasons why you would want to go between these different versions. Yeah, and I get it. Like, because, for instance, like, there may be some kind of, like, cheap strategy that you had with a particular character or some kind of broken mechanic that you utilized and, you know, incorporated into your play style, and that's what you're going for. So, and I think, like you said, preservation is key. What's also nice is that you can scale the difficulty and the speed uh, of most of these. Uh, and then other settings as as the series goes on. So yeah, and and that's something that was really standardized by by uh, by Capcom and by this particular version of Street Fighter. It's something that became standardized even in like the SNK fighters and a lot of the uh, even some of the Sega fighters and whatnot. I mean, it, it it really allowed you to kind of customize your fight a little bit. Yeah, but they make it super easy with the with the collection. Like on each Street Fighter, there are different settings. Which you, so like the original Street Fighter one, I have the hardest time with. I can't fucking pull off any of the special moves. It's, I think I finally got a Hadouken like one or two times. Not a particularly great game. It's stiff but, and it's rigid. But it set the it set the uh, initial standard for what would come with. Uh, Street Fighter 2, and Street Fighter 2 just really amplified the few things that was really good about it and just added more to it, you know? Yeah, so what I noticed with Street Fighter 1 is also, in addition to it being very rigid, rigid, uh, hard to pull off any of the special moves, and uh, just, just, just really difficult for for reasons that were beyond my control until like it, I really mastered that old that old control system and, and, and uh, accounted for the flaws in it, but uh, beyond that, it only has two playable characters, Ryu and Ken. And and wh what's interesting about that is that like Ken was apparently was literally just like the Luigi. He was the player too. If you happen to be playing versus, and then if you won as Ken, you could continue and do the tournament as Ken. Yeah. And with I mean the thing that you have to 
take into consideration is just how much of a jump ahead Street Fighter 2 was Street, Street Fighter, Fighter 2 1. Was. Because Street Fighter 1 was just going off of the mechanics of early fighters. And early fighters, if you know anything about it, they had really weird control schemes. Like Karate Champions, like certain, certain some one of those karate games. Oh, I played had, one of those, yeah, actually. It, it had a like a dual stick type of uh there was one version of it that was like a dual stick kind of yes, control. Yes, I forgot to write it on the list. I did play Karate Champ, and it was this was like these were like eight bit graphics. They were they were really 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 basic, and it looked like something that was on like a Nintendo. And yeah, it had this dual stick control scheme that I just could not work out. It did not work for me. <laughs> yeah, it, incidentally, that is the game that is played in Bloodsport, which is mm. a full-length commentary on Collateral Cinema's Patreon, so go check out our Patreon page. <laughs> yeah, I just had to throw a little plug there. You gotta. I, I, respect, I respect it. But yeah, now, going back to uh, a street, street Fighter and Street Fighter 2, what was nice about Street Fighter 2 is that it actually set the precedent for uh, a selectable roster of, of fighters. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, that w that was like unheard of back then. You know, I mean, it was like there was like what six characters at the time. Yeah, I think it was just the six, and it, it didn't. Just, and, and there were there non playable boss characters, and you and you couldn't fight against yourself in the original version of it. But yeah, I mean, that was and that became a staple of fighting games since. And what's interesting is Champion Edition then brought the whole mirror mat, the mirror matches, which has also become a staple in fighting games. You know, having a uh, being able to face yourself with an automatically applied palette swap. <laughs> it, it is amazing how Capcom just kind of single handedly just, you know. They pretty much set the standards for everything that these type of 2D fighters would become. And there's a lot of Capcom in this list. Lots of Capcom here. I mean, unfortunately, the few uh, SNK Neo Geo games that I wish we could have played that we'll get into here in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it, it set the standard, like, like I said, for customization of your uh, fighting, uh, of your fight and everything. You know, like uh, choosing in the different speeds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really really fucking awesome how it just moved moved gaming ahead. It it changed. It's one of those games that just changed gaming forever, you know. Right. And uh, Street Fighter Six is set to come out soon. I'd love to cover it as a game launch episode. I think we, yeah, we really ought to. And, definitely. And this is going to be the first Street Fighter game set after Street Fighter Three, which was kind of like set in the future. Uh, and featured that whole new protagonist, like Alex and everything. Yeah. Um, and, with, and then there was the Street Fighter Alpha series, which took place before Street Fighter 2. Uh, and then I think 4 and 5 take place somewhere between 2 and 3. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's... Uh it's a confusing timeline, and it's also not very clear within the canon, like, who actually wins I, the tournament. I cannot wait for the Angry Video <laughs> Game Nerd uh, Confused Continuity episode on it, because uh, you know it's going to be awesome. Actually, I know what he's going to be pissed about. I was thinking, I was like, the nerd's going to be pissed about this, because Street Fighter Six is Street Fighter Arabic numeral six, when the established naming convention was was Roman numerals. Yeah. That yeah. actually bothers me too because you know Street Fighter's got a lot of other things going on. You've got a lot of these other like sub series, and so I, I, that's okay. I, I can forgive that. But I'm with the nerd on this one. When you when you have a consistent numbering scheme for this long, and then you decide to just do something different, that that grinds my gears. It should have been Street <laughs> Fighter Roman numeral six. Yeah, and then you have the whole Street Fighter Alpha series, which is a whole another 
can of worms in its own right. Well, and I can forgive that though because you know? it's a separate series, it's a sub series, whatever. It does make the timeline more confusing because it takes place before Street Fighter Two, and and they have to like retroactively, I guess, uh, uh, make uh, certain characters make sense within the timeline. Yeah, they have yeah. to. Re- yeah, exactly. Like like M Bison showing up earlier and. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and establishing this whole like M. Bison uh, transferring bodies thing. I don't know. But yeah, I, I haven't played a whole lot of the Street Fighter series, to be completely honest with you. But we, we did get uh, a lot of time to play with. Uh, I think the mo- one we played kind of the, or I played the most was Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And I got to say, like, that's if you're going to pick a classic Street Fighter arcade game to play i feel like that that's the one i had a lot of fun with it we we you and i played a few matches down on that arcade cabinet that i i got for christmas yeah and uh, i i gotta say the arcade one up uh, cabinets they they have a good feel to them like I, yeah. I like the feel of the joystick and the uh and the controls it had that nice clickies sound feel to it you know that that if you know anything about if you were ever an arcade rat and you know anything about that you know that's like key you know that that click you you've got to have it yeah, you know, in order to have that authentic feel, you know. Yeah, it's got the click, and I remember putting those damn joysticks together, like building them with, you know, a, a screwdriver and shit. So. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you, good job, dude. I mean, they actually work very well. Yeah, it's like IKEA. It's it's, it's pretty it's easy. It's, shit. Yeah, it's pretty easy to put together, and it's sturdy. It looks good. The only thing is that I wish, like you said, like uh, came with the riser. Yeah, you have to go buy the riser separately from at uh, Walmart or whatever. Yeah, so, or yeah. sit down and play. Yeah. But yeah, that, that that was a lot of fun. Um, we we specifically avoided playing Street Fighter at the arcade. I know because we played a lot of the games, uh, on your uh PlayStation or or on or on or on the arcade cabinet or yeah on my Switch. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one series though that that we did get to check out at the arcade and uh, another Capcom fighting game very similar to Street Fighter. But we also got an opportunity to play like the PlayStation 1 port of was the, the Darkstalkers series. Oh man, Darkstalkers is great because it's essentially just Street Fighter but uh, horror style. I mean, it's yeah. so awesome. There's and it has some really iconic characters. Of course, you know, Morrigan who showed up know? in Marvel versus Capcom. Shows up in a lot of uh, those uh, crossover games, honestly. Yeah, she she even shows up in a pocket fighter, which is like a chibi version of oh, all nice. the all the Street Fighter and Darkstalkers uh, characters. But yeah, I mean, the, there's so many cool characters there that are just you know nice little send ups of you know the old horror archetypes and everything. Like like there's a werewolf and there's a mummy and a vampire and a succubus and, and a samurai, a, and a bishomon, a bishomon, a, a, a ghost samurai. I think was his name. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. dude was fucking cool as hell. I actually like. And, and also in Darkstalker three, you have a, a monster like a Queen Bee, which is like literally like a bee lady, and and of course you have uh, the cat lady. Neko girl, Felicia. Felicia, Neko girl. Neko girl. Hell yeah! Oh man, man. I love playing as the sexy babes, Morgan, <laughs> the cat girl. I'm gonna say I'm actually partial to Lilith from Darkstalkers Three. Lilith. Yeah, just a slightly cuter uh, version of Morgan. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we played Darkstalkers One at the arcade, um, and then we played Darkstalkers Three on your PlayStation One, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say overall, like I, they're pretty similar. I feel that the PlayStation One port of Darkstalkers Three had better controls. I didn't really care for the controls on the machine that we were playing. Honestly, um, I, I thought they were a little. Eh. I mean, I personally have an easier time with a D pad, which is interesting because you'd think that the analog stick 
of all of any kind of like retro game would be good for arcade games because it it's the closest thing to like a like a joystick but I had an easier time with the D-pad. I know like different no. gamers are going to be different. Once, once again, it goes back to, you know, that feel. You know, you have to yeah. have a feel for uh, playing fighting games. You know, and a lot of that goes back to what I said about the arcade controllers. You know, you had that, you know, click. And, you know, if there's any lag in that, sh- in that shit, it's going to throw you off, you know. And I kind of felt like that particular version of Darkstalkers that we were playing was not probably not really emulated all that well, to tell yeah. the truth. So in Japan, this is actually a series that's known as the Vampire Series. Vampire Savior. That's what it's called. Yeah. And, uh, well, there, there are several games here. So uh, there's Darkstalkers, the Night Warriors, which is also known as Vampire the Night Warrior. Yeah. Uh, Night Warriors, Darkstalkers Revenge, which is also known as Vampire Hunter, Darkstalkers Revenge. Yeah. Vampire Savior World of Darkness, also known as Darkstalkers 3. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, once the PlayStation again, port is once, called once again, the three. nerd is going to be pissed. Yeah, so you actually have different titles based on uh, not only which region you're playing in, which is fine. A lot of these do, all the other ones do, but but Darkstalkers Three in particular has different titles depending on what system you're playing it on. And yeah, that pisses me off too. <laughs> God damn it! So yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Darkstalkers three on the PlayStation, um, in in the U.S. In Japan, it's Vampire Savior EX Edition, whatever. That's fine. Uh, it's known as Vampire Savior: The Lord of Vampire in Japan. <laughs> but yeah, no, though they just God decided to it. just drop the whole Darkstalkers thing for some reason in the regular arcade, like base arcade game. That's weird. So it's Vampire Savior. Wow, that that's insane, dude. Yeah, it's kind of mind blowing because, like I said, I mean, I I even noticed like a lot of the it had a lot of the same characters as Darkstalkers one did. Yeah, it did. That's so, weird. I don't know. <laughs> wow, well, like that Yeti. The I, Yeti guy. Oh, fuck that, the Yeti guy fuck and fuck Yeti. the mummy guy in Darkstalkers three. Yeah, yeah, the mummy Anubis, guy, the Yeti whatever. guy. Yeah, they're, they're they're fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck those but, guys. But BB Hood. Bonnie B. Hood. Oh shit! With she's the fucking like, awesome. like, like, uh, what kind of gun was that? She's, she's the little red Riding Hood, and she has an Uzi and everything. Uzi, that's what it was. And yeah, yeah, no, that that was that character was fucking fun. I love being able to just like sp- spam the Uzi and shit, and like, yeah. bombs and shit everywhere. And she does that 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 stupid fucking curtsy. Yeah, she- dude. No, she's she's amazing, dude. It's like yeah. she's like the best character in that entire series, I think, because she's just so maniacal. That's that's pretty much her whole power is that she's just a fucking maniac. I actually got all the way to like one of the boss characters with her, if not the boss character. I don't know. But- yeah, what's great about her is that you know she's really vicious. So if you like just go with her like with a really serious attack style and everything, and just attack, attack, attack. You could really just whittle your opponent down really easily. Nice with her. So yeah, she's a. If if you want to like start, have a good starter character for dark dark stalkers. BB Bonnie B Hood is the one. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. And then like you, you seem to favor the cat girl. I do. It's <laughs> like honestly, I mean, I I like her fighting style. It's very fluid. You know, it's like there. It, it's it's quick and snappy, but also very fluid. You know. Whereas Morgan, I kind of feel is a little more stiff as a character. She's she's got a stiffer fighting style to her. Yeah, I think I know what you mean there. Y- yeah, you know. But yeah, man. I mean, I love the Dark Stalkers or Vampire Savior or Night Warriors or what the fuck ever they want to call it. I, I like these games. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. While we're on the subject of Capcom fighting games, I want to go ahead and jump ahead to the Marvel games because uh, this series is actually pretty interesting. Um, we played Marvel Super Heroes on the PS1. This predates any of the, the uh, uh, Marvel versus Capcom series, but it specifically just focused on Marvel characters. Yeah, and that had an interesting little... Uh interesting little roster i mean you had like spider-man captain america iron man wolverine i think uh, psylocke is there and then like fucking like shuma morgoth or shuma something. morgoth yeah like yeah it was it was the weirdest fucking roster in some cases beyond, it like, is some of the more really obvious. strange yeah now i'm a spidey guy so i just kind of gravitate towards spidey yeah but um yeah no that that one was a lot of fun uh, if a little basic, but you know, it was, it was basically uh, still like uh, your typical Street Fighter. Uh, I, I want to say that Marvel Superheroes two, it, it had a, a boss fight with uh, what, what was the uh, the uh, World Eater dude? Oh, uh, Galactus. Galactus. Yeah, there, there's a boss fight with against Galactus. And oh, it's nice. Fucking crazy. It's oh. either Galactus or it's I don't for, I don't remember. So yeah, no, the characters in like Marvel superheroes would later end up making their way proper into the Marvel versus Capcom series. Which, uh, funny enough, the original Marvel versus Capcom game was actually, uh, I think, X Men versus Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the first uh, iteration of it. It was take the X Men characters and throw them into the Street Fighter universe, and it's amazing how they made that work. You know. It's like they, they gave the movesets a, a very unique spin to them, like especially with the, the uh, X-Men Marvel characters. Yeah. You know, and, and also kind of uh, they kind of have their own characterization that's kind of unique to them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that. And then there was Marvel, Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. So, again, just sticking to the Street Fighter series, but putting them against not just the X-Men, but... You know, everybody that we came to play in Marvel superheroes, right? Yeah. And then we finally got the first proper Marvel versus Capcom game, uh, Marvel versus Capcom Clash of Superheroes. So that's where they're going to start implementing characters from different series I like remember, Darkstalkers. I remember that being a really fun game on the Sega Saturn back in the day. The first uh, Marvel versus Capcom, I believe it came out back then. Yeah. It was it was really awesome, man. Like, you had to have the uh, extra cart cartridge to uh, to uh, like play it and everything to back up the graphics oh, really? and all that yeah damn like, it was one of those kinds of games Se sega was sega saturn that was like one of the best home uh, consoles when it came to arcade ports of capcom fighters because for some reason there's just something about the hardware like especially with the extra even though it had to have the extra cartridge there's something about the hardware that really lent itself well to it like snk like kind of did the same thing with king of fighters a little bit but it was really well known for having really superlative uh, arcade ports of uh, Capcom fighters. So, yeah. And I remember those games being uh, on the Saturn. My buddy Daniel, he had a Saturn, so we played that on there, and it was it was great. Yeah, I've played a Marvel versus Capcom uh, uh, console port before too. I don't remember which one specifically. It may have been like three or four or something. But we actually got the chance to play Marvel vs. Capcom Two: New we Age of Heroes at the arcade, which was the only arcade fighting game I think there that was its own its own standalone cabinet. cabinet. Yeah, and let me tell you, this is actually a game that kind of has a little bit of a nostalgia to me because back when I was going to Job Corps, um. I would uh, 
take a, a weekend leave and come back uh, to San Antonio and uh, come back home and hang out for the weekend and everything. And I would hang out with my friends and whatnot. And um, I remember at the uh, bus terminal in downtown San Antonio, the Greyhound bus terminal there, they had their uh, they had their cafeteria and everything. They had the, uh, a diner and whatnot. And in the corner, they had an NFL Blitz machine and NFL Blitz 2000, and they had a Marvel versus Capcom 2 game. So that actually kind of took me back to that moment. I would like whenever we'd be waiting for our uh, buses to load up or anything, or if I was waiting for my uh, for my mom to get there, I just go in there and I'd uh, blow a couple of dollars on uh, Marvel versus Capcom two and everything. So that was that was a good memory to kind of go back to, and it was good to see an actual standalone cabinet. You know, it, that was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I loved the uh, the use of the Infinity Stones. I noticed, like, as, as we were picking up Infinity Gems, I never really got to use any of their abilities because I know, like, you pull it off like a special move, and some of the, the loading screen hints kind of help you with it, but yeah, I never ended up pulling off any of those abilities. But I remember, even without that, I was still kicking everybody's ass as uh, Spider-Man for a little while. Oh yeah, I mean Spider-Man is uh, that that's pretty much the good beginner character for that particular game, you know. And also a good beginner character for Marvel versus Capcom, you know, because or, or kicking your ass I should say. Oh yeah, kicking my ass totally. I think I actually beat you at Marvel versus Capcom, didn't I? I at least once. I think at I beat you, I beat you at least once. And I think so. Yeah. The one I, the one that I actually actually started doing well was King of Fighters, which we'll get to, but Yeah. <laughs> I want to say yeah, like I actually we're, we're t- Didn't you have Thanos as uh, one of your characters in one group? Yeah. So I had I actually I think the the mat, the, the system i ended up going with and now i remember i think I, I continued to play against computer opponents with this team and that's what i was kicking ass at um spider-man thanos and i wanted to pick like one capcom character so i think i picked morgan yeah morgan and i i went with uh sakura um storm and psylocke so two mutants and a capcom character <laughs> nice yeah I knew I would go with mostly Marvel characters, but I wanted to represent a little bit. It, I might it, have tried that with Ryu as well. You, you, you know what? You know who's actually in that game? Huh? Jill Valentine. Oh, nice. She, she's a playable character in Marvel vs. Capcom oh, too. I, I totally missed her. Was she just not unlocked or? No, or? she was. She was there. It's Dude, just, I would have. I would have fucking picked her. Yeah, she has a, a special where a bunch of zombies uh, come after the character and attack them. Oh, that's fucking awesome! Oh, dude, yeah, it's fucking great, man. It's like there's so many great Capcom characters. Like there's even like Tron Bond from uh, Mega Man and everything. And of course, you know Mega Man himself is in that makes an appearance and everything. So yeah, there's all kinds of. And I think uh, the homeboy from Strider makes an appearance as well. Nice. Yeah, no, that it was fucking cool as hell. I actually really would love to play more of uh, Capcom's Marvel games in general because uh, it's a great series and and very and it really really refined the Capcom fighting formula as well. You know, it, it just further refined what they established with Street Fighter, well, and also yeah. what they also kind of continued with Darkstalkers. They just further refined it with the uh, Marvel Capcom or St- X Men versus Street Fighter or whatever. They just really refined and also refined the like the graphics and everything. Yeah, know? and I know they 
like like Marvel superheroes, for instance, use the same control scheme that the si- the six button control scheme that we see in Street Fighter, that we see in Darkstalkers. Yeah. Uh, Mar- Marvel versus Capcom two, interestingly enough, though, actually had a few dedicated buttons for um for switching characters out. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, unlike the other games where you had to switch characters, where you had to kind of do a little button combination, which I wasn't entirely clear about, like especially with like King of Fighters, yeah, a little bit. But there, yeah, you have the uh, actual button to switch characters, and that it makes for a more seamless fight. I feel. Actually, know? I think it was like a dedicated like support button. Yeah, was what it was for each character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's then then there's a switch out by holding by pressing and holding either of the like. E- both punch, holding both uh, light punch and light kick, or holding both hard punch and hard kick, at, or heavy punch and heavy kick at the same time, you know, will swap out between either of your two characters. Yeah. Okay. I see. So you know, there's a little bit of that for actually switching out, but they have there's a dedicated support button for each one of your other two characters. So, and it was really cool being able to kind of something we later got with King of Fight. You know, we later got to check out with the King of Fighters system, but or and I think Rage of the Dragons as well. But being able to to switch out characters, you know, in order to preserve the health and and the characters that you don't currently have, uh, that you're not currently playing actually uh, start to regenerate health while you have them in stock, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually, uh, you know, you can kind of preserve better that way and save your uh, more powerful characters for later, which is cool. There's a whole strategy that goes into that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, once again, going back into the Capcom fighting formula, I mean, that's that's kind of how they, that evolution really, you know, progressed. Yeah. You know, it's like to where, you know, you started to have a lot more depth to the fighting mechanics. And of course, we can't talk about Capcom fighting games. We can't talk about Street Fighter without bringing up. I mean, we can't talk about fighters without bringing up the other one, the other big one, Mortal Kombat. Oh man, talk about like one of the t- cornerstones of my childhood right there was, like I said on the Mortal Kombat episode that we did. Like one of my favorite memories uh, involving video games was my mom telling me whenever I would go into the arcade at CeCe's Pizza, like, like, okay, here's a couple of dollars, but you cannot play Mortal Kombat. Like, specifically, I couldn't play Mortal Kombat. 
I fucking played Mortal Kombat. She oh, didn't fuck stop yeah. me. I fucking played it. <laughs> yeah, so we actually <laughs> talked about Mortal Kombat extensively a couple seasons back. Um, and, and we went over the first four uh, our, uh, games, or the, the ones which were on arcade, actually, uh, as part of a, a bonus run episode. And we're going to continue that series, even eventually go into like Mortal Kombat clones and whatnot. Yeah. Um, we played some Mortal Kombat 11, I know, and we checked out some of the other games, but it was nice to actually dig back into these because, well, I was getting my ass handed to me playing a lot of Street Fighter. Mortal Kombat I could get into and actually start to kick ass because I, I'd kind of learned it, and I kind of knew how to input you know, the special moves, even going back to the first Mortal Kombat game. It really is a pretty intuitive fighting system when you really think about it, you know? I mean, it was maybe slightly clunky when it... When it comes to when it comes to the first uh, to the first game, especially on consoles, but in arcade, it was a pretty fast game. It was very fast paced, and unfortunately, the version that we were playing at the arcade, it was not really being emulated all oh, that well. It was, it was janky as hell. Very we, janky. Very it was unplayable. Practically, it was unplayable. You, you couldn't get any uh, nuance to the controls or anything. You know, you couldn't get that right feel. Yeah, know? and whereas like I'd really gotten to learn like Luke Kang's move style uh, and, and got to really work with him, through him and, and I made all my way all the way up to Goro. I've never beaten fucking Goro though. Yeah. But <laughs> I did make my way up all the way there. Uh, yeah. That was just not possible. So even though we were having what should have been the definitive experience um, not so much but uh, honestly that's just more credit to the uh, arcade collection that I have on 360 because uh, that's actually a pretty decent port. It emulates Mortal Kombat One, Mortal Kombat Two, and Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three, which was is was 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 the later revision of Mortal Kombat Three that wasn't that didn't include all the characters from One and Two, which would be redundant. I'm going to say right now, Mortal Kombat Three is my favorite of this series. You know, it's it, funny. It, it's just it's just the purest Mortal Kombat game there is. You said Mortal Kombat Two before on our episode, and I said Mortal Kombat Three. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe my opinion has actually changed a little bit because I played a little more of it. I would agree. You Mortal know? Kombat 3, especially Mortal Kombat Trilogy, I being mean, that it includes all of the characters from the past two games. But the port that I played includes Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, I think, because that would just be redundant because you have the other two games. Yeah, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, it's it's just the best version of Mortal Kombat 3, mostly. Yeah. You know? And it adds so many interesting characters. And eventually, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, that's another one that I really love a lot. You know, that's although that's more of a console uh, port. Right. I think so. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, the arcade collection is actually really nice uh, emulation of uh, the, the, the first three Mortal Kombat games. Uh, we also got to play a little bit of Mortal Kombat 4 on the PS1, which is another one that we had played before. Um, that's always a favorite of mine as well. You know, I mean, the it's, transition it, to 3D space. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's a good uh, 3D fighter, you know, if somewhat 2D. Yeah. I mean, we don't. We're not gonna talk too much about the Mortal Kombat series as a whole because, or even these particular games, because we kind of already have done that in a previous episode. But um, I mean, it, it, it's a solid fucking series when it comes to fighting games. Uh, I think that Mortal Kombat might be my favorite or the one that I put the most amount of effort into. Uh, and the latest entry, Mortal Kombat 11, has me excited for you know like where they take the series in the future. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, especially that they're adding like movie characters to the roster and everything. Oh, yeah. Like Rambo and the Terminator and RoboCop, Predator. Man. It's like, yeah, man. 
that's cool as hell. Isn't a Cenobite like not a Cenobite, not a Cenobite, a fucking uh, a Xenomorph from uh, Aliens? I think a Xenomorph is in there. I know Freddy was. I think Freddy was in there. They need to go ahead. Just, just go. Just go all out and just have uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser there. Have the, have the Cenobites. Or am I tripping? Was Freddy was in there, right? The Terminator was. He was, yeah. Yeah. Freddy was in a Mortal Kombat game somewhere along the line. I know. I think he was either in 9 or 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think... <clears throat> I want to say Jason may have been in one of them, or maybe... He was. No, he was. It was? Okay. And I think, yeah. that, I think that was 10. I think Jason was in 10. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's really all we have to say about the Mortal Kombat series. So moving on, uh, one of the other games that we actually got to check out at the uh, arcade was uh, was Blood Warrior. Blood Warrior is interesting because it's kind of a it's a Mortal Kombat clone. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I know that we were going to save Mortal Kombat clones for a uh for a different time, but this right here, it's quite possibly one of the more unique ones because, for one, I mean, you just got to see the character models. I mean, there's this one girl. It, it looks like they literally just got their secretary <laughs> in their fucking lobby to just dress up like a ninja. And Oh, no, no. We played this on your PlayStation Classic. We did. Yeah, but this I was think on it, PlayStation Classic. I exactly. think it was a main ROM, though. It was I, a main ROM. Yeah, it, it was originally an arcade game. It was never released on console, okay. at least that I know of. But and it was yeah. that character Arashi, I remember, which means storm. I know in Japanese. Yeah, uh, that character was kicking my ass, so I in- ended up whenever I I died, I I picked him and, and started playing as him. And one of the characters <laughs> is a straight up uh, Kappa demon, and oh my god, the the prosthetic makeup for this guy is so janky. It's just like oh, yeah. oh man, he's this has been immortalized forever. This poor dude. <laughs> the poor dude in this costume. He's just like, oh, that's humiliating. Yeah, definitely. And there's that one Tibetan monk dude that has like a giant head on his, uh, like a giant mask or something on. He's He pretty much uses Buddhism as a, as a fighting style. And I know there was a samurai character there too that I took notice of, but I didn't get I didn't get the chance to actually play. He was the di- he was the dude that whenever he wins, he's just like, "Take care of yourself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some weird vocal uh, uh, samples in this particular game. Lots of weird voice acting. Yeah, and uh, I want to say like most of the characters seem to be like ninja based. Ninja based, like yeah. Or there's there's one that's uh, that's a kabuki warrior. Yeah. Kabuki man, Kabuki man, Sanjo. Yeah, got got to bring up some trauma. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's it's actually not the worst Mortal Kombat clone. Yeah, to tell the truth, and it and it actually plays pretty fast. It, it's got it's got a good fast uh, little uh, mechanic to it. Yeah, so, I think it's pretty hard. It is. It's difficult. It's like yeah, especially playing against the computer, but. Yeah, it it's not the worst Mortal Kombat clone there is, and I actually enjoy playing it. Fuck yeah. Well, also on your PlayStation Classic, we played Bloody Roar 2, the new breed. So this was the furry fighting game. The Thank you furry, for that. The furry fighters. Oh, yes. Bunny girl. Bunny girl and bat girl, dude. Ah. Yes. Okay. Fucking and, yes. And I like the, the half beast. So apparently I looked it up. Her whole thing is that, yeah, she only turns half into a cat. Oh, that's weird. So, so she she's, she's transformed like the rest of them. So why don't they just call her Cat Girl? 
I don't know. She 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 turns into a literal cat girl. She turns into a cat girl. That's literally what she is, a straight up Neko girl. And of course there's the fucking there's the fucking wolf, which is every furry's either a wolf or a fox. Either a wolf or a fox, exactly. It's like where where are the giraffe furries? Yeah, why don't you guys be more original? I mean, why if you're gonna be, be cringe, at least don't be a fucking stereotype and why do don't the exact same thing. Why don't y'all be zebras? Why don't y'all dress up like the characters of Madagascar? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if you're a furry and you like fighters, this is the game for you. You There's a whole mechanic based around uh, transforming into these beast forms. And uh, it's a 3D fighter. Yeah. Actually. It, not the most in-depth one, honestly. Like, I mean, it's not like a t- straight-up Tekken clone. It's, it's pretty easy to get into if you're more of a casual fighting game fan. And, and you can actually switch between your beast mode and your uh, regular mode rather easily. But, I mean, yeah, I actually think it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, actually. Um, and then and, and getting to, to, to see some of the more, like, interesting animal forms. Like, there's a mole guy. A mole? Okay. Yeah, there's a dude who's a mole. Yeah. Yeah, there's a dude who's an insect. I, th- I think, it, yeah, I think there's also a dude who turns into a gorilla, I believe. Banging like gorillas. <laughs> bang, bang. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I had more fun with it than I thought I would. Yeah, yeah, it, and, and honestly, the graphics aren't bad for a PS1 fighting game, honestly. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, obviously, the arcade version is a little better, but... Yeah. Not not bad. It's not bad. So, one PS1 game, though, that I really fucking enjoyed, and I really got into, was Urguys. Oh, Urguys, God bless the ring. Oh, yes, the the Squaresoft fighter. Which had Final Fantasy VII characters. So so the base game that came out on arcades actually had Cloud and Tifa. The PlayStation 1 port actually brings Sephiroth as a, bonus, as a, as a base character. And uh, I believe Yuffie and Vincent as, uh, as unlockable characters. Yeah, it's pretty much the closest we're going to get to an actual, honest-to-goodness uh, Final Fantasy VII fighter. So you know exactly which characters I played as immediately. I, oh. I played as Cloud, then Tifa, then Sephiroth, and those were the first three characters that I even that but I even tried out. The original characters are kind of interesting, though. Like, there's the Yo-Yo Cop. Yeah, yeah. So th- being able to fight against these characters, and then there's also this kind of like the story going around with this like Urgai's sword thing. Or- yeah, I- exactly. It, it's it's really weird, but. but- and I loved how, like, the Final Fantasy VII characters, fuck it, they do the animations that they do in the original game. And then you hear Cloud was Hell fucking yeah. awesome, too, because he actually fights with his fists. And I was like, dude, is he going to pull out a sword? Like, what, what? Cloud fighting with his fists? What? No, he does. There's a button you press, and he'll pull out his sword. Exactly. And, and he, then you can fuck people up. Once you get the sword out, it's over. Oh, easily, man. It's like, yeah, the special, uh, the, the mechanics with the specials were interesting because you don't really have to put a button combination in. It's really just relegated to a single button. Yeah, that's which, nice. Which, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of another uh, PS1 fighter called Destrega, which also had a very similar uh, top-down kind of almost isometric fighter type of feel to it, you know? It, it's more like an arena fighter. Yeah, you know that that this one is kind of like Power Stone. It's a, a full three D, so it actually yeah. it's played from an isometric perspective, and there's a jump button that's actually one of the shoulder buttons. Yeah, interestingly enough, I know I, there was a Transformers game of the PS2 I played that was like that. 
Um, so it's not the first time it's been done. I think, uh, well, Mirror's Edge, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, no. So it, it was actually a lot of fun. And, and a lot of the characters were interesting, too. Like I said, even outside of the Final Fantasy roster, there was a, a wolf character that actually ended up being the one that kicked my ass's cloud kind of reminded me of red 13 actually yeah it was uh the other uh the other girl who was like blonde hair and had a long, long pigtail or something like that or long braid she also had a form but no no there was a there's a white one that's just just a wolf oh okay yeah that's yeah right. and there, there was a chick that turned into this like golden wolf thing as like one of her abilities there's a dude with a gun who can like lay mines and shit yeah yeah, it was actually kind of fun to get to like not only fight these characters but play as some of them. And I would definitely go back and check out more of our guys. There's a whole quest mode that's like an action RPG. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's kind of rudimentary a little bit, and it's not the first time that Square has actually done that. They've done it in another uh, fighting series they had called uh, Tobal, Tobal Number One and Tobal Number Two. That had a uh, actual like a uh, quest mode in it, and they kind of transfer that here to Ur guys. And but this is even more so like an RPG. I think it even has a, a story arc and everything. Yeah, so it seems really interesting. It is. It's, it's an interesting uh, take on uh, on, on a, a fighting game mechanic. You know. Yeah, so. the Final Fantasy characters just chef's kiss. That was cool. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's it's a lot of fun to play as Tifa or as Cloud. It, it's it's really awesome. Yeah. So getting into some of the games that we actually got to play at the Diversions Game Room. Um, so we got kind of more of that authentic arcade experience. Uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters. That that was a wrestling game that you picked. I think that was the first one we played there. Yeah, it's an old school, uh, technically kind of a fighting game from SNK. And it's it's got it's weird because it's got fighting game mechanics, but then it's also got wrestling mechanics. Like you have your standard, you know, high punch, low punch, uh, like a uh, high kick, low kick, and everything. But you also have a button that will uh, enable you to like uh, get up on the turnbuckle and I noticed and also that, that was like cool. like uh, bouncing on the uh, ropes and everything. Like, yeah, just as, don't get out of the do. ring because it's damn near impossible to figure out how to get back on it. Oh, it is, <laughs> man. Yeah, no, you don't want to because you will be counted out. I mean, it does go by wrestling rules, and you know, instead of uh, ending the match whenever your health is up, you have to pin. Yeah, but but that's the other thing is that if you uh, you can still uh, win by pinfall early on in the match, yeah. and also it has uh, it has uh, the uh, mayor from uh, Final Fight. Uh, what's his name? Heidegger? No, it's not Heidegger. It's that's for Final Fantasy. That's for Final Seven. Fantasy Seven. Uh, it's uh, Hegel or something like that. But yeah, that, that it's a fun little uh, send up of professional wrestling. Honestly, yeah. it's. It's a lot of fun, and it's one of those games that you would find on an SNK, uh, Neo Geo, um, multi-game cabinet. You know, nine times out of ten, you would find something like that. You would find, like, Samurai Showdown, which we're going to probably have to throw in as another honorable mention here in a little bit and talk about that for a second. Because uh, we tried to play that one, oh, and it didn't work. It didn't work. That was one a, machine was janky. It was janky as fuck. It wouldn't let us play any of the Sam Show games, and... I have some of them on PlayStation. We should have played them. Yeah, we should have actually. Cause yeah. You've shown me Samurai Showdown before. It looks really fucking cool. Samurai Showdown is great because it was the first side-scrolling uh, weapons-based fighter mm. and everything. Like, like yeah, you, you had uh, the whole mechanic where you had the weapons and you could actually lose the weapons if you're hit a certain way and everything. And, and it even had, like, uh, fatalities and whatnot. 
it, it was the original arcade game was actually a very bloody game and everything and and it had the mechanic where the screen and the camera would like uh, go outwards if there was distance between the characters and then come close whenever they would come in and fight. And it has some very memorable characters, man, like uh, like Ukio, the uh, samurai that was kind of had this weird kind of hunched back look to him. Yeah. There's Haomaru. Uh, there's a Hansel, Charlotte. I mean, uh, uh, Tam Tam. You know, all kinds of awesome characters, and it's 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 a really great fighter, and it's like the premier SNK Neo Geo fighting series, and it's still going on to this day. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, no, one game, though, that we actually did get working on that particular machine that we tried to play Samurai Showdown on was uh, the King of Fighters, specifically the King of Fighters 98. So I think this was the first one that was available. Like, like not the first one ever, but the first one that was available on that machine from that series. Now, I on my PlayStation, before I went ahead and had to sell all of it, I had King of Fighters 95 on on that and it's it's a fun fighting game man I, I like i always play as my my is my girl dude she's awesome dude like you've got to play as her okay you know, you know er, er, everybody who plays uh king of fighters you got to play as my you got to play as terry bogart oh yeah 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 fucking terry yeah yeah terry bogart you have to play as the kickboxing dude so I actually kicked your ass at this one. I actually got oh, into the yeah. groove. I liked how you know there were uh, different like you had like three different characters that you that you got to select from. Um, I picked this one dude who was just a fucking unit. Oh, total unit, man! Like I don't know how the hell I uh, I was able to even get a hit in on you, man. Like he was just this ginormous fucking karate dude, and it's like. I'm like trying to go over with like my and everything. It's like, damn it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had him. I had this chick who had these awesome fucking flip kicks where she would just do a fucking cartwheel and, and like she kick would just, the enemy. And she would just bitch slap you. Yes. Straight bitch slap Amazing. your ass. That was her jab. And then I had somebody that to me just screamed like protagonist coon. I don't know. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, actually it was was uh actually winning these fights and mo- for the, for the for context, Bo, actually, you are a lot better at, at me at these types of games, and most of the time you win. Um, this game, actually, I actually got into the groove of, and I was I was I was actually enjoying it. Well, King of Fighters, its fighting mechanics is you know a little bit more. You got to have a little more finesse with it, you know. And and the and character switching, you actually did have to hold two buttons at once. I actually didn't figure that out for a little while. Yeah, same here. For the longest time, but I mean, I actually figured it out, and it's it's a it, it's just one of the uh, top three fighting games of all time for me. Really, you know, like the King of Fighters, uh, along with like Samurai Showdown, and you know, maybe uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I, I would have loved to play one of the later games in the series, but most of the games on this fucking machine didn't fucking work. Oh, I hated that so much. And there was, and you know, those S, it, it was a, it had a lot of different ROMs on it and everything. So, I mean, God damn it, man, they had so many of those classic SNK fighters, like you know, the Art of Fighting or World Heroes, you know, like sh- shit that we should have been able to play, and it, and it breaks my heart that we weren't able to play them. 
Yeah, but one of the ones we did get to play was Rage of the Dragons. That's a that to me kind of felt like a King of Fighters clone a little bit. It was actually. I noticed yeah, that. It was very much a clone of King of Fighters. And <laughs> and I know that a lot of these anime style fighters, you know, they they're they kind of, you know, take take after each other, you know. Like especially with the standards that were set by Capcom and then kind of further refined with S and K and everything. Yeah, I think but, Rage of the Dragons was the one where I actually figured out the character switching because I did it. That's right. With King of Fighters, I didn't figure out the character switching. I just had to wait until one died to try out another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rage of the Dragons, I figured it out. Um, it's the press of a couple of buttons at the same time. You actually, uh, despite this being a King of Fighters clone, though, you you ha- actually had a good team set up and you were doing pretty well. Uh, we, I did get to try out a, a hidden character, and, and there was a dude there. I don't know if he worked there or if he was just chilling and, and like really knew this machine pretty well, but he, he, he showed us a trick on how to like unlock that oh, no, character. That, that dude was a total arcade rat, man, like straight up, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can relate, man. I was an arcade rat back in the day as well. It so. was pretty close. I, he actually played you around, and it was pretty close. Uh, Very close. Yeah, yeah I, I think I ended up beating him. You ended <laughs> up beating him. Yeah, <laughs> it was really close, man, but I actually bested him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that was right. Ra- I think you all were playing Rage of the Dragons too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were. It's weird that I c- I could get that, but I couldn't get King of Fighters '98 down. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I don't know. Or, but uh, you, uh, you, I think you just had a good team set up. I think it's like it's like part of like make, being good at fighting games is just picking the right characters. And I mean, later on, these characters do get rebalanced in later revisions of the game but yeah that's the thing any good well-rounding fighting game uh, gamer you know whatever game you play you're going to have those characters that you know their move sets just feel just right you know their the mechanic with their fighting with their style feels just you know it flows the right way for you and everything even it's seeking into account rebalancing i mean even if you're not using like broken strats or like cheap mechanics that that get fixed later you might just get into the groove with a certain character and learn their move set exactly i mean you get into their move set i mean it, it might be easier for you to work with like like for instance on mortal combat like i'm like really really good with noob cybot like noob yeah. cybot is a character that like don't don't fight me if i'm playing noob cybot it's almost cheating for me to fucking play him honestly yeah because no. I, I'll, I'll fucking stop you especially on mortal combat trilogy give me sub-zero or scorpion uh or or luke hang and, and just about any classic mortal combat game and i can kind of figure it out because i know a lot of the special moves that got carried over and whatnot, or even hell out with like Ryu and Street Fighter. I mostly played as Ryu, so I learned his move set the most. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Still can't pull up a fucking sh- uh, show Ryukin consistently, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tricky uh, it, it's a tricky button combo. But those Hadoukens and Tatsumaki Senpukyakus, you know. Man, you know another arcade game that I wish they would have had there: hmm. the first Killer Instinct. Man, because the arcade version of that is superlative. Like, it's good on the Super Nintendo, but uh, the arcade version, it's just got better animation, and it's uh, it's got a lot more blood in it. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think, Bo, you had one more bonus entry, which is not technically an arcade fighter, but... Yeah, as, as opposed to all the other bonus shit that I threw in here. Might as well just throw Pit Fighter in there. Have you ever had a chance to play Pit Fighter? That's a good little pre-Mortal uh, Kombat Midway fighter. Yeah. A little bit, but... 
the one that we're talking about is Battle Arena Tosh Battle. The one that we are talking about is Battle Arena Toshinden. Now, this is a game that goes far back with me when my buddy uh, Joey, I've, I've mentioned him on the podcast before. I'd love to have him on the show sometime, but uh, Joey, he had a, uh, he was a big gamer. We were all huge gamers back in the day. And when PlayStation came out, we went ahead and rented one from a Hollywood video in town. And one of the games that we played was Battle Arena Toshinden. And let me tell you, it's a nice little bit of 90s nostalgia if you play it. It's not a particularly, you know, fluid fighter or anything like that. There's a little bit of jank to it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's the, the control scheme takes a little bit getting used to, needless to say. And the graphics are, you know, straight up, you know, P- PS1. You know, it's bright, but it's kind of scungy PS1 blockiness. You know, very early on in the uh, in the platform's existence, but it it's still a lot of fun to me. Like you had characters like so like Sophia, you had uh, you know the uh, main dude with the uh, yeah, like Eris, I think his name was, or, or I, I don't remember a lot of the characters' names. You know, but there's like the one uh, the one uh, there's the one dude with the claws and everything. Like he's fucking cool, and then uh, like it, it's a really cool fighter. You know, it's it's something that it's just really nostalgic. And if if you love yourself some of that uh, that good old school PS One aesthetics, it's like that's something that you have to have in your collection because it just fits that bill perfectly. Nice. And incidentally, if you get the PS Classic, it actually comes uh, as a, one of the stock games. So I didn't even have to get a ROM for it. It, it was already part of the uh, the PS Classic that I got, but. Yeah, I, I recommend checking it out and checking out the later uh, additions to the series. You know, it, like like uh, the BAT 1 through 4, they were uh, all released on PlayStation 1. And, you know, they, they actually, uh, the, the graphics improved, the gameplay mechanics improved, they added more characters, and it's a pretty classic fighter. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, I guess that concludes our uh, arcade game mega review on fighters i uh, had a lot of fun doing this with you bo thank you again for uh joining and and i think you know like looking back on collateral gaming and, and everything that we've been doing through uh you know the five seasons that we've had so far uh, I, i'm really excited that that we're you know kind of we're, we're exploring every corner of the world of gaming you know Exactly. You Slowly. know, I mean, yeah, you got to take into account, you know, the history of gaming and you got to uh, kind of focus on that here and there. And arcades are an important part of of gaming culture. You know, it's part of our heritage as gamers. You know, if it wasn't for the arcade, gaming wouldn't have been brought into the mainstream the way that it was. So and, 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 and you know, then the consoles came along like that kind of affected the arcade a little bit. But I mean, you saw all the people that were there at the arcade when we were there. And that's and like you said, that's an old arcade. It's been there for ages and it's still going strong, you know. So there's still a place in the world of gaming for arcades, 
You know, there's a place Definitely. for them. And, it, and that's why it's kind of sad to me that you're not seeing a whole lot of video game arcade cabinets coming out. You're seeing more like prize machines and everything, you know, like coin pushers and, you know, like those uh, key games or whatever. Hey, like, I'll tell you what. Konami has a very fine set of Silent Hill pachinko machines. <laughs> oh, yes. Let me tell you. Fine pachinko machines. I mean, aren't you excited that, that that's the Silent Hill content we've gotten over the years more recently? Like, Oh, beyond excited. You know, fuck remakes. <laughs> uh, fuck new Silent Hill entries. I'm surprised Pachinko. they didn't. I'm surprised with all the different Pachinko video games that have been released in Japan. Like, whenever you see different uh, video game, uh, like, uh, historic, like, compilations of uh, vid- historical video games and everything, that you don't see more of that, you know? Yeah. You don't see more of those games. No, yeah. you know, and 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 you know, you know, it's kind of sad too. Is that like our, a lot of like so-called arcades now uh, don't even have a lot of these like of these types of of like 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 aren't traditional arcades. They're more just you know the Prize. more modern type. Yeah, they're very modern. It's, it's like, kind of like Chuck E. Cheese kind of experience or yeah. Dave and Buster's. You know, I kind of blame. Sega and Capcom for that because some of the uh, arcade machines that they came out in the early 2000s kind of had that aesthetic to them, you know, that very kind of clean aesthetic to them. That's just like, I don't know, it's just something that you just don't get with a classic stand up cabinet, you know? No, exactly. And at least the one that that we went to uh, had plenty of those and more modern gaming uh, arcade machines and some of those. You ones that are obviously designed to screw you over. Yeah, but it is good to see that there are still some companies out there making some decent arcade uh, games of all types of genres, you know? Like, I mean, we saw, like, all kinds of racing games there. Well, like, all, it was, uh, there was, like, a glut of light gun games. That's where we did the light gun game episode. Mm-hmm. We, we did the research there. I mean, it, it was a great atmosphere. I, I like that particular... Uh, I like that particular arcade. So, yeah, once again, Diversions Game Room in San Antonio, Texas on San Pedro Avenue. Go check them out if you're ever in town. Or go check out your local arcade and, you know, check out uh, all of the the fighting games that they have to offer or any of the fighters mentioned on this list if you come across them. Uh, If you can find a good port, because a lot of these, like we mentioned, were PlayStation ports that we played or uh, they have, you know, modern ports of it that are uh, actually proper accurate emulations of the original arcade and machines. in the end there's always memes so if you have a decent uh a, a decent computer that can emulate well or something like that it's like definitely play some of these games there fuck yeah well Bo, is there uh anything going on with collateral cinema that's worthy of mentioning well we are going to be uh doing another collaboration with collateral gaming with silent hill we're going to check out the original silent hill movie that came out in theaters uh many years ago i i remember seeing it in the theaters actually yeah incidentally and yeah, we're going to do an episode with the Collateral Gaming where we're going to talk about Silent Hill Homecoming and the first Silent Hill, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's actually what's coming up uh, this month. So yeah, we're doing this kind of Silent Hill collab. Uh, we also should have our episode out on uh, Clueless on, for on Collateral Cinema. So. Yeah, that, that should be out uh, at least by tomorrow, yeah. at the very least. And I, I believe we were talking about doing uh, uh, an at the, at the movies episode and a commentary this month. Yeah, something like that. We're we, going, we try to hit those once a month. We try to. 
It's it, we're getting. It's going to be a little hectic, but we'll try to get it done. Yeah. What about the director's cut? Oh man, I don't remember what we were doing for the director's cut. <laughs> we talked about movie recommendations. We've thrown a couple other things around. Yeah, we still have to figure it out. You know. But yeah, on the collateral gaming, we are doing it takes two this month, uh, and then uh, our uh, our bonus round is going to be the aforementioned Silent Hill episode. And uh, I, we're also going to be doing a game lunch review on uh, Fire Emblem Engage, which is actually going to be featuring a guest. So uh, let me pull up the information. Oh, yes. And our Silent Hill episode should also have a guest from Cinema Recall as well. So, yeah. So we should have Andrew from the Duo Sense podcast. That's nice. what his Facebook says. Uh, he was actually recommended to me from somebody who reached out uh, to Collat- the Collateral Gaming Facebook account. Um, let me pull that conversation up real quick just for, yeah, David. Let me see. Yeah, David reached out to us and recommended um, and recommended a guy. So th- that's going to be cool. Um I'm actually looking forward to having a guest once again on Collateral Gaming. It's it's been a while since we've had a proper guest outside of like Bo or uh, Victims and Villains. Yeah. So uh, Dan Rockwood uh, has has uh, is actually going to be on uh, quite a few episodes this season. But by the time we get to the end of this, so that that's really fun, Dan. If you're listening, love you, man. Hell yeah, <laughs> love having you on. Um, and then next month. We are doing uh, the uh, Ace Attorney trilogy. Yep, that's right. Yeah, next month is a Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy is going to be our our numbered episode. Uh, And I would love to hit uh, Hogwarts Legacy because uh, that's going to be a a game coming out next month. So for for the game launch series, we're going to be talking about Hogwarts Legacy almost certainly. Um, I believe... The Dead Space remake also comes out during the sometime between this month and next, but I don't have the hardware to play it, so wah 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Uh, and then Hogwarts Legacy is going to be pending actually on. Actually, come to think of it, I think the version of Hogwarts Legacy that comes out is the next gen version. So, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, this is this is this is getting more complicated. Uh, Resident Evil Four is coming out soon too. I know that much. That's that's in March, Bo. Okay. But yeah, the, the Ace Attorney trilogy episode is going to be a collab with uh, Collateral Cinema. Yes, definitely. We're going to also check out the uh, Phoenix uh, Wright uh, Takashi Miike movie. That's right. That's why it's a collab. Exactly. So uh, check out our Patreon. Both Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema do have a Patreon. We have $1 and $5 tiers. Donate any amount of money and you get access to exclusive Let's Play video game commentaries or full-length movie commentaries on the Collateral Cinema sign. And we will uh, have more content coming out very soon once we start getting more uh, patrons and everything. Like we'll probably do like special live stream Q&As and also uh, maybe even start releasing our episodes a few days early. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely a thought, um, and and maybe something to do, you know, since uh, on the patron side of collateral gaming, since we're, we've been so behind, to kind of find other ways to. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do a commentary on Morbius. 
I think that is the next uh, commentary that we have in the works. Yeah, so it's Mormon time, ladies and gentlemen, once again. Yeah, so I actually, I think if we do a commentary this month, that might be it. If we do an At the Movies episode on Collateral Cinema, probably Megan. Megan, yeah, the uh, new uh, Deadly Robot doll movie. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, that actually looks pretty fun. So I'm, I'm excited about it. It's got some buzz. Yeah. Uh, so check us out on social media as well, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can also find our Collateral Media Podcasts group, which is our shitposting slash news group, uh, where you can participate, post memes related, and or memes, news, or whatever related to uh, uh, movies, video games, TV series, anime, wrestling, pop culture in general. Uh, if you have a podcast that you want to plug or promote, feel free. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We want to hear your podcast. So come on and uh, share it on our uh, shit posting group. And if you are a podcaster listening, we definitely are open to having more uh, guests on the show because uh, especially with collateral gaming, because like I said, we, we've got one coming up with the uh, fire emblem engage, which I'm excited about. And then, uh, but other than that, and like whatever I've got Bo or like Dan hooked up for, I don't think like any of our upcoming episodes have, you know, dedicated guests. So hit us up. Uh, yeah, definitely hit us, hit, hit up collateral cinema as well. If you feel like you can, uh, you can, uh, add something to one of our episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well guys, that's been all. Uh, I don't suppose there's really a lot more to bullshit our way through. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, I've been Ashley Chancellor. And I've been Zongief. <laughs> no, I'm Bo Maddox. This has been Collateral Gaming. Happy anniversary. Thanks for sticking with us. If you've been sticking with us as long as you have, or even if you're, you're just getting into it, um, we are happy to have you along for the ride. Exactly. We love you all. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Be safe out there. We are out. Out. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.